He's got a beautiful backswing. Dad! Oh, he got all of that one. Oh my gosh. That is amazing. Lay up with an iron into the hazard. Well, that wasn't quite what I meant, you know. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of the 73rd Hole, brought to you by Golf Oklahoma. Colby Powell, Taylor Williams, and Sam Humphreys. Glad to be with you on a Monday. So much to get into today. Stuart Sink wins for the second time this season. Peter Uline gets a win. Taylor Moore, top fives on the Corn Ferry. Lydia Coe breaks a long drought. Eckroad has a great week for Oklahoma State. We got a ball hanging on the lip. We got so much to get into today. A couple things that we need to hit first. Uh, first off, we are the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma and the Senior PGA Championship Preview Edition of the magazine is on its way. It is ready to go. It is coming out, and that's a huge event for the state of Oklahoma. And Sam, I know that that magazine is on its way to uh, subscribers, to golf courses around the state. Big deal for the state of Oklahoma to get a major championship here in the month of May. Yeah, it's a huge deal for Tulsa and the state in general. Um, I'm excited for this Senior PGA Preview. I actually have my first ever uh, article that I've written. I wrote a little, ar- wrote a little article on uh, on uh, the, the Oak Tree Gang, the old Oak Tree Gang, obviously, because it's the Senior PGA Preview and uh, kind of get uh, a feel for the local flavor uh, in the Senior PGA Preview. Yeah, no, I bet, I bet that was a very exciting thing. So give us a you know a little bit of insight. Don't tell us the full story, but give us a couple hints at what the the uh, readers uh, can be expecting whenever they read your article, Sam. Uh, they can just. Uh know where these guys are now because obviously the last time there was a senior PGA it was what 15 years ago and then we had a obviously a senior US Open in 2014 so it's been a little while uh it might both out at Oak Tree not at Southern Hills both out at Oak Tree yeah I'm just saying in the state of Oklahoma and so uh just kind of see where these guys are now who they can root for who's uh qualified and you know who's retired now and um it, it Pretty interesting stuff. I, I really want to thank Brant Job and Scott Verplank and Willie Wood and Woody and a bunch of guys that helped me out with that um, that article. So that was that was really cool. Um, uh, first things first today, boys. Uh, obviously, you know um, when I see the date today, April nineteenth, it just makes me think um, about how that date has shaped uh, Oklahoma City and um, how that morning really changed some lives, a bunch of lives, especially in the state of Oklahoma and around the world. Um, I, I just want to send thoughts and prayers to people who were affected by that. Um, and, and I want everyone to kind of take a second out of their day to day, uh, to, to think about how that shaped, um, not just our city, you know, but the world and, and kind of think about their own loved ones and, and be grateful for them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, unfortunately how the world works most of the time is you never realize what you have until it's gone. And then, you know, unfortunately I, I have it pulled up here just to, from, you know, 168 people died in, in an event like this. This was back in, in 1995, the Oklahoma city Memorial bombing. It obviously, um, from being in Oklahoma probably impacts us a lot more, but even in, on a national scale, it was so huge and, and really still is to this day. And yeah, just, just everyone just, just grab your loved ones, hug them, kiss them a little tighter today. It's just, it's just another date out of 365 that we don't need any more extra or we shouldn't at least remembrance to, um, you know, embrace our loved ones. But thinking about some hor- horrific events that happened back then really puts things into perspective. Yeah. And, and, um, it makes you feel real grateful and, 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 um, you kind of want to appreciate these times that we can just talk golf and have fun and and uh, and just hang out with your buddies and entertain the listener and and 
I like you know it, you just got to be real grateful for these times that normally you don't even think about. You know? Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. It's we we send all our love to all those who were involved, and it really has become a foundation of the heart of Oklahoma City. The memorial, uh, everything that happens. I mean, even with the Thunder, whenever a new player comes to town, Sam Presti, uh, they load up. Dagnall, whenever he got here, the new coach, they load up. They go check out the memorial, and they understand what it means to be an Oklahoman and what it means to be here in Oklahoma City. That's a big part of our city's uh, history. So uh, many. Many, many thoughts and prayers to all those involved uh, with what happened on April 19th, 1995, just down the street from us here in Oklahoma City. Uh, gentlemen, now to turn the page back toward the game of golf here on the 73rd hole. Um, Stuart Sink has now won twice in this season. Stuart Sink is 47 years old. Not too many 47-year-olds win twice. Can you name, gentlemen, can you name uh, the two other longest gaps in in between two win seasons. Stuart Sink won twice in 2004, and then he won twice in 2021. That's a 17-year gap between two win seasons. It's the largest of any player over the last three decades. Can you name the other couple for me? Is it Scott Verplank? Scott Verplank is not on there, but that was a good guess because he had a a gap in between some serious success. And injuries. I'll give you a hint. One of the gaps ended in 1998. The other gap ended in 2009. Uh, Steve Stricker for 2009. Steve Stricker, you nailed it. Well done, sir. 13 years pick. for Steve Stricker. He won twice in 1996, and then he won twice in 2009. The other one was a 12-year gap from 1986 to 1998. Any guesses? Mm. Oh, man, that's tough. Be the oh. right guess today. Hal, Hal Sutton. Hal Sutton. That was right. a good hand. <laughs> I mean, that was the best. I mean, yeah. that's the most, one of the most memorable quotes in golf, and it's crazy. <laughs> he should have just said, pick Tiger and Phil at the Ryder Cup. That would have been about as close to giveaways as yeah, got. Yeah. Stu- it, one of the greatest calls of all time and one of the stupidest decisions of golf of all time, <laughs> all grouped into the same person. A hundred percent. hundred percent it was. So, I mean, Stuart Sink, Sam, you had him in our, our DraftKings pool this week. He opened 63-63, and if we can be brutally honest, guys, he made for a tremendously boring weekend of golf, but we talked about this back at the WGC when Morikawa won. It's boring golf is winning golf. And yep. Stuart Sink opened 63-63 and he was fairly boring on the weekend. 69-70 and he coasts to a four-shot victory over Emiliano Grillo and Harold Varner third. It's just, it's awesome to see the resurgence of Stuart Sink at 47 years old. Yeah, you know, I have a little insight on Stuart Sink. I, I played with a guy uh, at Butler National, when I caddied for Brad, we went and That's played a, a fun round. That's a fabulous golf course. It was. It was absolutely beautiful. Brad Dalkey, by the way, former Brad, Oklahoma yep. Sooner, former USAM runner-up. Exactly. And uh, and actually, the head pro uh, out of Butler National went to UMKC, so we had a little connection there, so it was great. But uh, I heard an interesting story. We played with another guy on the Corn Ferry Tour. His name is escaping me right now, but he said that he lives in Atlanta, and that's where Stuart Sink lives. And during quarantine, Stuart Sink would hold a tournament every weekend. Uh, and, and so Stuart Sink was playing more golf probably than he normally does uh, during quarantine. And so it's interesting that he's won twice after quarantine, considering that he was he was bored and just got all his buddies together and went and practiced and played every single weekend. Uh, and so, you know, that's one thing that I'm, I think might, that's might why you didn't see him win in the 2010s. And now you see a little resurgence in his game and a little bit, um, you know, more confidence in his game. And the thing we talk about every week, the two most important stats that I look at after a week are approach to green, you know, and then obviously first round scoring, because if you have a 
baller first round, you know, you're normally going to be in the top 10 or 15 at least of the tournament. It happens every week. Yeah, and to talk on the analytics side, what makes it really so funny about Stuart Singh, for the week he he gained about a little over .5 strokes putting on the week. Um, First round he gained 2.4, second round he gained 2.8, third round he lost lost almost 1.5, and then the fourth round, he uh, basically did the same thing, almost lost 1.5. So this boring golf that he had on the weekend was because he just kept hitting it flush. On the, and they said on the telecast, and I know it kept going, he's the leader this season, guys, on, on the turn par three scoring. And that showed he was just hitting pure iron shots left and right out there. And his putter didn't need to be there on the weekend. And, you know, you were kind of making fun of him, Sam. He said the old, the old Sam Humphreys double pump Yeah, I, on, yeah. On, the, on, on those short putts. I've and, never seen anyone else do that except for me. Oh, and, when the camera would zoom man and on him and he was about to putt it's like here we I go will, here we go here we I go i will tell you what it is is it's a mental block on short putts not being able to take it back but you know like it's time to take it back so i actually love what Stuart sink did was he just embraced it and said i'm gonna treat it almost like a waggle get it moving and then things in motion stay in motion and yeah. so and he kept I, popping them in hey and then i i just loved how he just embraced it and was like tap it in and then you know act like nothing happened and everyone else is looking around like what the hell was that you yeah, know not, i didn't even feel like he necessarily putted all that bad on the weekend no. even though his putting stroke stats were significantly his, worse his lag putting was awesome That's what I was gonna say he had a huge lead I mean, I I could swear the dude was lagging twelve footers. Like he was just trying to cozy he everything up next to the hole. He didn't need no. to. I mean, he could have broken the scoring record if he would have putted a little better that Webb set last year. But he almost set his own record. Yeah, he didn't care. <laughs> he, he almost I mean, set the record for least amount of putts made. He did have the thirty six and fifty four hole scoring records at the RBC. He does not have the seventy two hole scoring record, which still belongs to Webb Simpson. But yeah, yesterday through sixteen holes, Stewart Sink had nineteen feet of putts made. <laughs> That's hard to do, boys. It's good lag putting, number one. And number two, it is just not making any. I mean, you're averaging like, what, 14, 15 inches of putts made per hole? I, yeah, that's that's nearly impossible. But that's, he that's, shot one under yesterday, so he's yeah. hitting his irons close. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah, and so, I mean, you take that into perspective. So, you, I mean, what what was it, 15? You average 15 inches. That's – how many three-footers is that? Or, you know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah. so that, I mean that's almost three three-footers. So – or two and a half, how many ever it may be. So, you get up and down, you chip it three feet, and you make it. That's three holes right there's worth. So, I mean, right. you know, where, where did where did these come from? It's like you said, Sam, he's just – he's hitting those iron shots basically – not even middle of the green, but on Pete Dye greens, you have to put it in specific spots and I, on the greens. And I felt like that that's what Stuart Sink did really I loved, well. Yeah, I loved what – you're totally right. And uh, even on some wedge shots coming down the stretch, he was just taking no chances of leaving it in bunkers or bad spots or short-siding himself. Uh, I, I remember one time he had like 108 uh, and, and hit it, you know, 15 feet whole high left you know like just right in the middle of the green and 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 when that when you're up by four that's what you got to do and he's old enough and smart enough to know that even though uh even though his son you know was trying to steal the show it seemed like to me it was almost kind of like the opposite of what because we had brought up the greller speed conversation and the it was kind of like you guys had brought up the fact of grellers trying to talk speed off of a cliff essentially each time <laughs> where it's like this guy's so crazy he doesn't know what to do you know what and it felt like it was the exact opposite where the son was so crazy and was getting so nervous yesterday that sink <laughs> was having to calm him down and just describe all the shots what he wanted to do to him because the son was like and on saturday it seemed like it was even a little more where he's like i don't know it looks like you got about 20 paces yeah. and, and one time i remember Stuart sink was like well i'm not even worried about that you know like yeah. brought up something he wasn't even concerned with and so i thought it was almost kind of the opposite of what you guys 
had talked about with Spieth and Greller where the caddy's trying to talk the player off the cliff, and I thought it was a funny instance of – and what, maybe that's one of the things that kept Sink maybe away from the lead. He's like, okay, well, i got to keep my son in check here because this kid, this kid's going to sound like an idiot. That or I, I think that part of it might have helped Sink, you know, that his son is talking so much that, like, it takes his mind off the fact that he's winning the tournament by I five. I agree. I agree. He, he just – I felt like Reagan was loading his head with so much information. And Reagan, <laughs> I felt like throughout the weekend, you know, I felt like Stewart was leaning on him a lot to, like, tell him what the wind was doing and what club to pull and all this stuff. I felt like he was deferring to him a lot on that stuff. And I do think the fact that Reagan was so involved, I think it kept Stewart Sink more focused on his conversations with Reagan and what he and Reagan were doing. I think he was way more focused on that than he was on the fact that, oh, Emiliano Grillo just made a birdie. My lead's at three now instead yeah. of four. It's because the lead did get to three Sunday afternoon. It was late Sunday afternoon. We all knew Stuart Sink was winning the tournament, uh, but it, I, I still think it helped to keep his mind off of it. And, and yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. no, no. Yeah, I was just going to say, yeah, you're exactly right because sometimes when you get under pressure like that, and we even see it in Sink's putting that he tends to get timid a little bit under pressure, the best way to get out of that is to stay in a process. And, and that, I mean, Reagan was doing it to the nth extreme of staying in a process, but at least like he was keeping strategic thoughts in Stuart Sink's mind and not thoughts of, oh my God, I'm winning the tournament. Yeah, you know? and he did win the tournament, and guys, it jumped him way up in the world rankings. We talked about strength of field last week. It was, what, 481, I believe, at the RBC Heritage. Stuart Sink jumps from 115th in the world to 44th in the world. Just a huge jump. He's now ranked ahead of guys like Sergio Garcia, Robert McIntyre, Brian Harmon, Matt Kuchar, Siwoo Kim, Carlos Ortiz. Those guys round out the top 50. Well, how about this too, Kobe? He's now third in the FedEx Cup standings. Wow. Third in the FedEx Cup standings. I would be really curious to know, after a two-win season, just how close he is in the Ryder Cup standings. I don't have those in front of me. Um, Taylor, I'm sure that you can pull them up pretty quickly. But I would imagine, I don't know if he's top 12, because I'm not sure how many years they're going back with COVID and stuff like that, with the points rankings and how they're weighting all of it. Yeah. But, I mean, he's won twice this year. He's one of, I believe, uh, only two guys. Yeah, there are only two multiple-time winners this season on the PGA. Tour. Can y'all name the other one? What, what did you say? I was the, looking at these Ryder no, Cup you're standings. The other multiple-time winner this season on the PGA Tour. Stink, Stink has won twice. There's one other guy who's won more than once. JT. No. Wait. Uh, it's pretty. It's, it's a layup. You're just y'all are overthinking it. No. Wait. Uh, Brendan Todd. No. Oh, that was last year. What? what how am I missing? This DJ. season, because it's broken into seasons. Oh, DeChambeau? It is Bryson DeChambeau. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep, uh, Bryson DeChambeau. I US didn't know if, and I couldn't Arnold remember Palmer. if DJ won before, you know, December. No, so DJ was mega hot last year and into the playoffs. And then after the playoffs, he stayed fairly hot and stayed up around the top of leaderboards. But he won the Masters. And then I believe his only other win was on the European Tour, if yeah, I'm not mistaken. Right. Did, didn't he win in Saudi Arabia? Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. He did. yeah. so that doesn't count, obviously, as a PJ Tour Sink win. is up to 24th now in the standings. Um, so has a ways to go. And one thing that will hurt Sink is that um, this is the first year that they're only doing six, or they're doing six captain's picks as opposed to four. Yep. So for Sink to be an automatic qualifier, he'd have to be in the top six as opposed to top eight. And I don't know with some of the other names around there. I mean, granted, right now with Sink being 24th, if he gets up inside of the top 10, he's going to play excellent golf. Oh, well, also, he's point. been playing golf for 25 years with the captain, who, well, you know, he's been playing golf with Steve Stricker longer than half the guys on the Ryder Cup team have been alive. Well, let's do this right now, Tito. I mean, of the guys from, you know, seven. Seven to, you know, 12. I mean, Patrick Reed, that's a story Out. in its own. Out. All right. 
but then go down, go down a little well, so, bit. So, so we'll just list off the top six that are yeah, already okay, okay. in. So, uh, DJ Deschambeau, JT Morikawa, Shawflay's at fifth, and Kepka's currently at sixth. Who knows with the injury stuff right. there? But that that's currently. But how then it you is. got Reed, Finau, Simpson, Berger, Speed, Locke. Then you got guys like Horschel and Cantlay. Um, I, 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 I forget how far Cantlay's falling. I think he, even though he's playing like crap, he's got to be a lock. Well, he's, I think he's, no. top, he's top ten. Not a lock after how he's, he's been playing. I don't think he's a lock, but I think as long as he regains his form, he will be a captain. Let me ask you this: well, If th- it came down to Scheffler or Cantlay, I'm picking Scheffler. Mm. I'm picking Cantlay. I mean, I just see I, again. I I can't make that we're, determination. We're, we're talking in about April. It, if the tournament yeah. even was today, I, I think I would still do it. I mean, just team, team experience. The, the other guys, like you said, I mean. Here's an interesting question. Would you pick Cantlay or Reed? Cantlay. Reed. Cantlay. I'd pick, pick Cantlay. I, I, I think Reed's a disaster for the team room. If I had He's the, a beast in singles, though. Man. That, that's one point. What are you going to do? I mean, are you, you, you going to leave bench? him on the bench for the whole team round and then run him out for he, singles? And play then, him with Spieth again. And then have him complain yeah. the whole time when he doesn't play? You play him with Spieth. I don't know. I mean, I, the Spieth-JT thing didn't work. I don't know how the all the other team, how the other 11 guys feel about him, but if, if half of them feel like what we feel like some other players have alluded to about him, I, I, I would keep Reed as far away from team competition as you can. Well, I mean, it's I mean, like just, Xander. I mean, him and Xander are going to be in the same team room. Xander at Torrey said, well, you know, the tour protects him, and that's all that matters, I guess. I mean, he's going to have to share a team room with some guys who've made public comments about some of his indiscretions on the well, golf course. Well, it, this is a good point you brought up, Sam, right here, because we were debating between Scheffler or Cantlay. I would rather have both of those guys and take away the read effect of the uh, drama. I just feel like both of those guys, and even keep on scrolling down, that even though Reed's a phenomenal golfer and is a top, I'm probably a top 10 player in the world, the team atmosphere that he can bring the United States down on, I just feel like there's so many other guys that have the talent to overturn. It's kind of like in basketball, the Russell Westbrook or Carmelo Anthony effect. You know, do you want the quote-unquote, I guess, cancer of the team, you know, who kind of brings the team down and puts all the focus on them? Or do you want the guy who's more a distributor, team guy, all that? And, you know, you don't really think about it in golf a lot of times, but I really, man, guys, I know he's seventh, so he could easily get bumped up into the top six and be guaranteed, but, man, I I want him as far away from team competition as possible. Okay, but then maybe don't play him in the the, uh, alternate shot. Play him in the best ball where you're playing your own ball, and if – Patrick Reed affects how you play your own ball in best ball. You shouldn't be on the Ryder Cup I, I team. I think it's more a matter of having I, to answer questions all week about what it's like being on the same team as Patrick Reed. And I think that there's just, I think there's just a certain tension that comes along with him being part of the team. Sam, Sam, you know this better than I do. I mean, because you played on multiple college teams, I only played on one. Where if you're going on a team, right, and you and you have a group of friends on your team, and let's say you may have one or two teammates who you don't really like or doesn't right. really fit in with you, right? You're right. going to have more fun if you go on that golf trip with all of your friends as opposed to that one guy that you don't like, correct? Yeah, but you're going to have more fun if you win after the golf trip, and I think that Patrick Reed is a by far better player than Patrick Cantley or Scotty Scheffler right why, now. Why don't we do this? Why don't we press pause on the Ryder Cup conversation, and we'll get back into it down the line. <laughs> we, we, just, we just have so much golf to get into today. We're getting down a rabbit hole with the, uh, with the Ryder great, Cup stuff. Hey, 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 in, in all honesty, we talk about the majors, but like a uh, 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 friend of the show, Scott Verplank, said, Ryder Cup for a lot of these guys is 1A, 1B to the Masters. Yeah, I mean, yes. this, this is a big deal. Yeah, absolutely it is. Uh, another thing that's a big deal, the President's Award. The Diffie 
Diffie Ford Lincoln team is pleased to announce that they have won the prestigious President's Award for 2020. The Diffie team is very honored to win this award because it is based on sales and service, and that is what they pride themselves on, service after the sale. The Ford and Lincoln brand only give this award out to the top dealers in the nation, and the Diffie organization is the only dealer in the entire state of Oklahoma that received this award in both Ford and Lincoln in the same year. So, whether you're looking for the all-new 2021 F-150 or the all-new Lincoln Navigator, give the Diffie family a try, a place where you can deal directly with the owner, Lane Diffie, and also a place where you will never feel any pressure to buy. Diffie Ford Lincoln, just 20 minutes west of the Metro, serving Oklahoma for 67 years. Gentlemen, uh, there were some other notables on the leaderboard this week at the RBC Heritage. Uh, Emiliano Grillo and Harold Varner tied for second. I actually like Harold Varner Grillo, quite a lot. Yeah, Grillo with the big putt yep. the, on 18 to yep. tie made for himself, second. Made himself about you know, a quarter million Harold dollars. Harold Varner like lost about 300 grand he on that did putt. he did it's amazing how those things can come right down to the wire i think harold varner has some good karma last week on it was either tuesday or wednesday harold varner announced uh, i think it was on tuesday because taylor you and i were talking about at the golf course uh last tuesday evening harold varner announced that he's partnering with this big youth sports organization to try to make golf more accessible for kids all around the country and basically make it more affordable yeah. he talked about whenever he was a kid his parents gave him a hundred dollars that got him to play golf the entire summer Summer. He said his parents one month forwent their electric bill and they didn't have electricity for a month so that he could have wow. his access to the golf course. And he said, you know, I want to give more kids access to golf. And he launched that out last week. And I'm a believer in I think he had some good karma this week. I like Harold Varner the third a lot. So I'm, I was I happy to see him do well this week. I love that. I love and, and, and just going, I, I'm not familiar with what he's doing but just in Oklahoma City just to let people know you know they're doing a lot of those those same things with the first tee of Oklahoma City or Tulsa yeah, it's awesome uh I know the one is uh at uh down here at by Douglas High School uh James James Stewart James yeah, E. Yeah, Stewart yeah. James golf Stewart, course yeah. it's right next to that and then the Good one in Tulsa hole. is yep. up at Mohawk Park so you can always you know, find that at firsttee.com, type in, you know, Tulsa or Oklahoma yeah, City. Yeah, absolutely. Check it out and, for sure. And the one thing I'll say here, guys, is that I understand there's logistics to who you let on the a golf course, especially private clubs or whatever, but I don't care if your family has $1 or $1 billion. Let the ki- let a kid go out and play on your golf course. Yeah, yeah I agree. Let, let kids kid, should be able to play. It doesn't matter where they come yep. from, who, who they have, whatever it may be. Let the kid play. If the kid that's has where we grow the clubs, game long term. And, yeah. and, and you know what? If you're a private club, you let a kid come out. You know what he's going to do more than likely when he grows up? Be a member at your club and spend a lot more money whenever yeah. he grows up. Yeah. Or he or she. You yeah, know, I think know. we're all on the same same yeah. train of thought Total, here. Totally agree. Let, let kids on the golf. Let's, Let's say it right uh, now. So uh, how about this? I understand like Saturdays, Sundays, like peak tea time stuff. On a Wednesday afternoon, there's no reason a kid shouldn't be able to come out and walk nine holes. Just, at no least reason. let them use the practice facility. Or at least let them use the practice facility, something. We've got to get more kids involved in the game of golf, and we've got to make it affordable so that all kids can get involved in the game of golf. Going down the leaderboard here, Corey Connors, Matt Fitzpatrick, and Maverick McNeely. My one and done, yeah, Matt Fitzpatrick. Matt Fitzpatrick. Put the backdoor yeah, T4. The, the, the fate let you decide and it. Then, and then... It did. The who who, who was the other pick that we threw in besides Burger? Uh, it was Burger. Burger was it the other one. So. It would have been Burger who finished T13. So that is... Uh, what, what would the difference have been in money? Matt Fitzpatrick Butter got pick. you 298. Burger would have got you 130. So the cards got you an extra 168,000. $168,000 red card. But now the, now the question is, do you use Burger later in the year for a high finish? 
Or do you use it for a miscut? That's I a don't good know. question. I'll let the cards That's decide. Good, we'll let the cards decide. Hey, but who's tied for seventh there, Colby? Uh, a couple of freaking powerhouses <laughs> at T7. How about Colin Morikawa, one of the best iron players in the world, and then another one of <laughs> the just all-around best players in the world. And that's my guy, Chris Kirk, with a T7. Let's show some love to Chris Kirk. So, of course, the one week I win DraftKings, I have to pay... My I want eighteen dollars and ninety cents on DraftKings. Pizza and I'm gonna call I'm gonna call Pizza and say, you know, what can I get for eighteen dollars and ninety cents? Pizza party yeah. in the house. <laughs> I, I, now now while Kobe's because our bet on this, our bet was Chris Kirk yeah, so, to not finish yeah, top twenty five. Uh, probably not everybody listened to the preview last week. I picked Chris Kirk in the one and done last week. I caught and absolute hell. And done. I caught absolute <laughs> hell from Taylor and Sam for picking Chris Kirk in the one and done. Uh, and then Sam offered a, a top 25 bet for Chris Kirk, who, by the way, in nine starts in 2021, has now seven top 25s. He's been top 16 or better in six of his nine starts this year. Chris Kirk's playing good golf, and he backed it up for me this week with a nice T7 finish. Now, I, I got to throw out there to everyone listening. Taylor, cause, this cause, is irrelevant. Because you, you brought up before where you stand in our, in our big one and done pool that has over 100 people. <laughs> That's not relevant. Last night, Sam, I get in there and I check and I'm like, man, I know Kobe's gonna be the only one with Chris Kirk. This is a hell this is a hell of a bargain. The here. only reason why he picked him in the first place. Yeah, because yes. he needed to gain ground in the big pool. It was a contrarian point. That's contrarian, what I said. So I get in there and I scroll through and and it's sorted by money. So and I see that the seventh where Morikawa finished, and only on the one person picked Morikawa and there's no one else there. And I'm like I thought Kobe was picking Chris Kirk, and I'm he like, was. He and was I, I scrolled Chris down. And I'm like, did, did he did he change last minute and not and decide to not be contrarian on the website? I scrolled nope. down, scrolled down. Kobe J, or CJ Powell, no pick, and I'm like, what? <laughs> he forgot what? to put it he, in. He forgot to put it in. <laughs> he went contrarian for the big pool, and he forgot to put it in when he made him over 200. I, I have an excuse. I have a reason. Every week, the picks are available on our site at three o'clock on Monday afternoon, and we record on Tuesday. So usually Monday afternoon is whenever I do all my research and I sit down, and I make all my picks, and I get it all together Monday afternoon. Last week, for some reason, our site was behind. So at like six o'clock Monday. I couldn't put my picks in yet, and I was like, ah, fine, I'll come back, and I'll do this one pick tomorrow, but everything else was done, and then naturally, I woke up the next day, totally forgot about it, <laughs> assumed that my pick was in, and went on living my life. Went on to make pizza bet I didn't even it. know. Wait, wait. I didn't even know until this morning. Taylor, you looked last night. <laughs> I looked this morning, and I saw that I went down in the rankings in our big pool, and I'm like, now how in the hell did that happen? I got 230K from Chris Kirk, and nobody else picked Chris Kirk. How could that happen? And I went through and looked, and I'm like, oh, but I, I, didn't, I didn't make a pick. But, 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 but Kobe, <laughs> your story doesn't hold water because we recorded our preview show on Tuesday. But at the time, I just had it written down on a sheet of paper what all my picks were. I thought it was already in. This big, nice computer you have in front of you that couldn't have gotten you to the, uh, the one and done website. I thought it was already in. The, the, you didn't have the technology to get it no, done. The technology does not exist in 2021. I need some sort of like reminder, some sort of like email reminder. Yeah, we get a few of those every week. I ignored them. You only them get I one thought, every day before the tournament starts. I ignored them because I thought my pick was in. So anyway, Chris Kirk and Colin Moore. Colin, you, also get, you also get a confirmation email when your pick is sent. I'm assuming you did not get one of those uh 
I would assume I didn't. I, I would assume that I thought I did, but no, I would assume that I didn't. Uh, I just got to make sure if you're going to come on here and brag to everyone listening, we got to let them know that, that your contrarian play, you forgot. And your contrarian play was really good when you're dealing with two against two but other people. But on the bright probably. side, now I still have Chris Kirk. And yeah. maybe I could use him for more than 230K somewhere down the line. Yep. And, and he did more than my boy Brian Hart, who I'm extremely proud of. 130, 130K, that's tremendous. Not just for uh, for him and Scott Twain, but for, for the one and that's great. But you guys uh, lapped me this week, at least in this pool. But but I end up making some ground on you in the big pool, Colby. Yeah, yeah. you. Uh, everybody made ground on me in the big pool. As far as our pool here on the podcast, Taylor still big lead. Obviously, he had uh, JT at the players. Pardon me, had JT at the players, which obviously was a big pick. Uh, Six point four million for Taylor. Uh, Sam has two point nine, and I'm sitting on uh, just a shade under two point six. You know, you you brought up earlier T seven with Chris Kirk is more a coward. Are we going to talk about the horrible Sunday that he had? Oh, he faded. Lost he faded one fast. Point, lost one point seven five total on Sunday. One point two nine was with that saw grip. I don't want to don't want to offend you, claw users. That yeah, it's not saw. the claw, Taylor. Hey, 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 actually lost strokes off the tee, which is something that he normally doesn't do, and only gained point two three approach for Morikawa. So, I mean, we we've been giving guys crap for not having good Sundays. We did it to Shoffley. We did it to we've done it to Rory. We've done it to Spieth back when he was doing bad. Now I think we got to do it to Morikawa. I mean, he was in the final group five back, really, and my opinion one of the only guys I thought had a chance to catch um to catch sink and went out there and just laid a complete egg yeah I mean obviously the putter doomed him whenever you look at the last three days day one he actually gained almost two and a half strokes with the putter but I really look at strokes and approach which is where he excels he's one of if not the best iron player in the world uh he gains almost a stroke on approach in round one in round two he gains more than three strokes on approach in round three he gains nearly three and a half strokes approach and then in round four, he gains about .2 strokes approach. He just, nothing really went right on Sunday. And that .23 on approach, it was the only strokes gain statistic where he gained strokes. He lost strokes, tee to green, off the tee, around the green, putting. He, he just, he didn't play very well Sunday. He I believe yeah. he birdied the first hole, and then he just faded uh, like you would not believe the rest of the day. Yeah. And then one more guy that I wanted to bring up was uh, Sung J.M. came back with a backdoor top 15 tied for 13th. That was my best bet that I actually cashed in. And I was, you know, I was oh, talking you about. Had, you had him as a top 15? No, no, no. I Well, I did have him as a top 10 that didn't hit. But, uh, I, had, but, I, had Sun, yeah. but I had Sung J versus uh, Will Zalatoris. Yep. Uh, Zalatoris faded. The yeah. round. That was another guy that we didn't bring up on the, the Ryder Cup conversation, guys. Yeah, Masters hangover for Zalatoris. That's another yeah. guy. He could be. He could miss the FedEx Cup playoffs, have to go to the Corn Ferry Tour finals or go play in Europe or something while the playoffs are going on and make the Ryder Cup team. Yeah. That would be insanity. Here's one thing I want to throw out about about uh, last week, guys, on, on the RBC. There was only three players inside the top 20 that lost strokes game putting. That would be Colin Morikawa, Russell Henley, and Oklahoma's finest Abraham Answer, who finished 18th. So yeah. if those three could have gotten their putter rolling, might have been able to give Sink a little run for his money, but Sink was able to kind of go out there and kind of did whatever he wanted to. So made it, in all honesty, kind of a boring tournament, you know, yeah. especially on the back nine at least. It's We've now had consecutive Sundays where we've made the turn at the tour event and with the Masters and the RBC, and it's like, well, I mean – we got yeah. another couple hours here. Let's, it was uh, I was kind of rooting for in. Stewart Sink though. Like I wasn't rooting for a collapse. I was no, rooting I for Stewart Sink, but it's weird because I Stewart Sink, I cursed Stewart Sink, you know, after my favorite tournament of all time, Tom Watson in the two thousand nine uh, British Open. Well, and I, then he took a thousand dollars from me this fall at the Safeway. <laughs> you weren't with us yet. I put ten dollars on Harry Higgs at uh, the Safeway yeah. in September. 
to win the tournament at 100 to 1. Wow. And Harry Higgs was like basically right there, ready to win. All he needed was for Stuart Sink to not do apparently 47 year old Stuart Sink things and overtake him, and he did. Uh, but I, but Stuart Sink, I mean, he's widely renowned as one of the best guys on tour. He's hard a guy to root against. Yeah, let, yeah. Me, let me ask y'all a question because there was uh, Nike got really ripped for this when it happened. When Tiger won the 2013 Players Championship, they came out with a promo that said, Winning takes care of everything. And it kind of, you know, after, oh, after yeah. all the Tiger stuff. That. So let me ask y'all because we all hated Stuart Sink. At least I know me and Colby definitely did for a long time after the Tom Watson thing. Does yeah. winning take care of everything or does time take care of everything? Because it seems like to me it's just been so long since time. He- I think same thing can same can be said for Tiger. I think time takes care of everything because look, it's twenty twenty one. I'm no longer mad at Stuart Sink for beating Tom Watson. They I were, am. They I were still both, hate him for they it. They were both playing golf. You know who I'm mad at? Tom freaking Watson who couldn't par eighteen. Par eighteen and, and you win the tournament. that shot. He got more unlucky than okay. Then maybe the he needed Reagan what? Sink on the bag what? so he could pull the right club. <laughs> what, <laughs> what, what, what Ryder Cup did he captain in when when Phil just ripped him? What was that? Tom 20, Watson. Yeah, that was 20, 2014. 2014. Yeah. Yeah, that has that, nothing to do with. This, I, I know, though. I know, but that's where, for example, like the, the reason why we didn't like Stuart Singh because he beat Tom Watson, correct? Yes, but it wasn't my, his fault. I, 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 my point. That's what I'm getting to. So yeah, I don't blame him for it, but I, I still hate him for it. <laughs> I know, but my point being is that so, like, for golf example, wise, I mean, obviously yeah. he's a great guy. I'm just saying I hated him at the time because he beat the guy that I was rooting for. Yeah, anytime we say hate here, we're we're talking just Sports golf. Tar- yeah, yeah, we're not we're not talking like oh hey, I want to go. F- punch this guy. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Maybe Y.E. Yang would be the only exception to that rule. <laughs> but uh, what I was saying about about Tom Watson and the Ryder Cup, the only reason I brought that up is because I felt like he handled that situation so poorly. And that that's one of the things that kind of led my Tom Watson love, kind of dropped it down a little bit. So that might, that might have been one of the reasons why I let sink a little bit more because he obviously didn't handle that 2014 Ryder Cup very well. I think there's a lot of that going on with the legends of the game kind of having their reputations fade as they get older. There was some stuff swirling with Gary Player last week. Gary Player's son comes out and is trying to promote golf balls during Lee Elder's moment at Augusta. And then Tron Carter, who's big no laying up guy, is like ripping Gary Player and his son on Twitter. And it turned into this whole like mega conversation about the players, about Gary, about his sons. about. There's, there's uh, been a bunch of there's stuff come bunch. out about Gary. Gary Player, like even back in the day, you know, yeah, some caddy dropping stuff. balls, and cheating stuff. Yeah, it's been an interesting week but, for uh, all that. You know, we, we, before we get off the RBC, you know who else didn't handle something right was the rules officials with that Siwoo Oh, Kim. I'm glad you brought yeah, that up. Yeah, I was we just fixing to go to break. Siwoo hits the putt. It's what, 30-footer probably? Yeah. I'm off the green. I mean, a, I mean, it yeah, rolls up. and I mean, this ball... You can make an argument that it stopped on the lip. You can make an argument that it was just on the lip and was very slowly oscillating well, toward the hole. Even the playing competitor, Matt Kuchar, yep. said that it never stopped moving. He said he was looking at it, and it never stopped moving. It's just, I, it's so hard because can a ball oscillate? Because it was like 40 seconds that it hung on the lip. Can it, but are can you it allowed still to be hit oscillating a moving ball? for that amount of no. time? Yeah, so here's here's the question that I have for it, because I think the rules official, rules official explained it extremely poorly, because like Kuchar said, the playing partner trying to combat, or, you know, defense you is that you can't hit a moving ball. Well, here's my question, right? So, in my opinion, there's no way that that ball could be constantly moving for 45 seconds like it was. It can't just be sitting here doing this every millisecond, right? So, in my opinion, there's times where that ball stopped and then restarted, stopped, Restart moving, stop again. So, but it wasn't longer than ten seconds. So, so that's the question. So the ball stops within that because re- the rule technically is you have a reasonable amount of time to get from your ball, and then you have ten seconds. Now, so I thought so, the rule was on the green though. Now 
if you mark your ball, you know, and the wind blows it, then you play it from where it blew to. Once that's like once when you, you put that, your ball down and you t- pick your mark up and the wind blows it. Yeah, he never marked though. So and I don't yeah, think he, he was I don't think the, that that rule no, applies. He was off the green. I don't think it matters. Does it? So my my point because I, I think that's I two, that's two, that's, that's, two di- that's two different rules that you're talking about there, Sam. My point being is that okay, so the ball stops, moves, stops, moves. Yeah, because you are right in the sense of if you haven't gone up and marked your ball yet, I don't think it, it matters if it stops though. You still can't hit it. Like if he's standing over it and he's watching it and it's oscillating or moving, then you can't hit it. You're not supposed to be able to. No, but that's 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 where I'm getting at is that. But I guess so, you are. So the ball is there for for like you said, yeah, for. For 50 seconds or whatever. And the ball is... The way the rules official explain it, you're exactly right. In that the rules, for some reason, are changed. And we when need it's to be clear for people that didn't see it. Siwoo wasn't trying to cheat and take longer than 10 seconds. He was sitting there looking at it, and him and Matt Kuchar were saying, right. that ball's moving. And, and the ball eventually fell in on its own, yeah. but then after the round, the rules officials came back and said, no, 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 that's not yeah, a birdie. But in, that's a ball. Anyways, yeah. continue. I was yeah. just making that clear. Yeah, so uh, my point is just that... Because the rule is you're given a reasonable amount of 10 seconds, a reasonable amount, and then 10 seconds to get to your ball um, before it can fall in. So that way, you know, if you have a 50 yard chip as opposed to a however long putt, it's a different amount of time. And my question is for the rules is that if that, when that ball stops and then it keeps moving again, does that timer reset? Because that, that kind of goes into what you were bringing up, Sam, because that ball is not moving this entire time. I don't think it can be. It just physics won't allow it. But When I so, saw from watching the video, I thought at times I could see it oscillating, and at times I thought it looked stationary, but I could never tell exactly. I mean, it was well, it, it's about as fine of a line as you can get with a ball hanging well, on the Well, and left. one thing, too, that I thought was interesting is that, you know, they say that grass will lay down when it's in the shade, right? And one of the things I thought was interesting was that about five seconds after <laughs> one of the caddies shadow got over the, the hole, the ball, the ball fell in. And yeah. so, you know, I think the rules official is what made it is making this situation di- iffy because he's talking about how there's a difference in if the ball is moving while it's close to the hole and you're waiting well, as opposed to he any other said, time. Because Kucher even asked. Kucher asked and said, if the ball is moving and, and the uh, – then you can't hit it. And the rules official literally said, after 10 seconds, that rule does not apply. Wow. Yeah. I so, mean, that's so just... If, if Kuchu was trying to get Siwoo Kim to strike more than Siwoo was. You talk, I mean, about, you talk about an obscure rule in golf. My question is, if you're just out playing with your buddies and your ball hangs on the lip that long, do your buddies give you that putt? Of do course they give you they birdie do. or they yeah. give you par? 100% they give you birdie. If you don't hit, if you make a stroke... And then you don't hit the ball again, and there's no other forces at play, and the ball goes in the hole. It should count. I, I don't. I don't understand how. I, I think in I that mean, exact scenario, I agree. And I mean, if and look, and if y'all both agreed that the ball, you looked at it and it was moving. Well, I can't. If, if well, you watch the video, Siwoo and Matt Kuchar are both. I mean, our listeners won't be able to, to, to see this, but they're like standing here in a crouched position, like staring at this golf ball. So are the caddies. They're all very clearly watching this, as if thinking. Oh my gosh! This is is this is it going to go? Is it still moving? If, I mean, if, they were all over. I it. can't remember who said who said it, but someone stopped Seawoo from hitting the tap in and said, "Hey, I think it's still moving." I think it was Kucher who said it and says, "I think that ball's still moving." And they and, and I understand that there's a difference between sitting there and waiting ten minutes and like waiting for the right gust of wind to come, or sitting there and like blowing your ball to push it in. You yeah, know, but like even the, then, even then, thing. what if the ball is moving? Well, that's like, a very good who point. Who cares but, if it's 10 minutes if the ball's moving? And well, I didn't think you were allowed to hit it. Well, exactly, you're exactly right, but a ball's not going to be moving for 10 minutes. My point, know, my, point, my point is that as long as you're not holding up play, 
then I think that, that you, the ball should be able to count no matter what. I think this this whole 10-second thing is really just another layer of why golf rules are just such BS. Well, I think part of the reason that's in place is, like, let's say you're downwind and you hit a putt and it stops right on that front lip. I mean, theoretically, you could stand there for seven, eight minutes and just wait for a big gust to come through and blow that ball into the hole. So I, I think it's good that you have to hit it in a reasonable amount of time. But in the scenario like what Siwoo went through, I think we have to be able to look at that specific instance and say, okay, this ball's oscillating. Like, this ball, and, and everyone in the group agrees to that, and I think that as long as everyone in the group is on top of it and agrees to it, I think that that's a decision for the players to make. I don't think that that's a decision for replay. You know, one thing that's really important, I think that I literally just thought about this, but it makes a lot of sense. When these rules were implemented, the green speeds were not anywhere close to what they are now. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. a ball on a stint meter of five is not going to hang on the lip and sit there for that long. I mean, it's not going to fall in. But on these slick greens with wind, a ball has a lot more time to roll and move in just because there's yeah. no less friction there. So, I mean, I think we, I think it needs to be adjusted. Just take out the reasonable time in 10 seconds and just take out the 10 seconds. Just do a reasonable think, amount of time. And I, I think Sibu would have fit into that category because, excuse me, his playing partner was not ready to hit a shot because they were all looking at the ball. So as long it. as your playing partner isn't saying, hey, get the hell out of my way, which, <laughs> I mean, I know that could – be very depending on who you play and whatever and all that but I think it's it's almost just I hate using the word common sense but this is just a common sense type of situation or you could fix it all by just having a shot clock which I think that they should have in golf just a legitimate shot clock have a guy there timing everybody well, I, I was gonna save it for whenever we had a big big segment about um about um uh, speed of play because I, I completely agree because I was thinking about, you know, we're wanting to ban these these books. We're wanting to ban all this different stuff. And I'm like, screw it. Just let anyone use whatever they want. As long as they hit the Once shot the amount of time. they get to the ball and are able to play the ball, Matt Jones, you should get 40 seconds. Agree. Matt Jones showed me that it doesn't matter what you do. Just hit the ball and you're going to be fine. So, yep. that, but after, we'll, we'll, after you get a yard. Matt Jones. I'm saying. Where'd that after, come from? After you get a yardage. After, like, I'm saying once you have addressed the ball, you should have 40 seconds. Yeah, and, I think that's reasonable. And, 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 it'll be, and, and it'll then be, that would fix the whole Siwoo Kim thing it, it because would, you would know 40 seconds. That's true. You would know. Yeah. yeah. Start the clock. Very true. Start Very the clock. True. Yeah, we'll, say, right. we'll save it for – I got a lot more to dive into that. Yeah, we be, that's, go, for, that's for another day. Yeah, no doubt about it. So, uh, we've got a lot more to get to on the other side. We haven't talked about what happened on the Corn Ferry. Former Oklahoma State Cowboy gets the win. Former uh, Edmund golfer. Top friend five of the show. as well. Top friend of the show. Exactly. Uh, Lydia Coe breaks a big, long drought. Oklahoma State golf happened over the weekend uh, as they get a third-place finish. So, a lot more to talk about. Stay with us here on the 73rd Hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. When something the size of a golf ball hits your roof, you need to call McRae Roofing. McRae Roofing is Oklahoma's designer roofing service specialist. For years, Jeff McRae and the experienced team at McRae Roofing and Exteriors have served fellow Oklahomans by helping them with their roofing needs. McRae Roofing uses only top quality materials and professional crews to make sure that each job is done right so it will give you the years of service, security, and protection you need from the unpredictable Oklahoma weather. McRae Roofing offers residential and commercial roofing, ventilation services, and custom copper designs. McRae Roofing is dedicated to exceeding the homeowner's expectations. It's not just a roof, it is your home's crowning glory. Call McRae Roofing today at 405-692-4000. That's 405-692-4000. Make sure to also visit their website at McRayRoofing.com. That's M-C-R-A-Y Roofing.com. Don't get caught with a leaking roof. Contact McRae Roofing for your free inspection today.
back. Rolling along here on a Monday. Colby Powell, Taylor Williams, and Sam Humphreys. This is the 73rd Hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Glad everyone is with us. Do a few things for us right now. One, go to GolfOklahoma.org. Subscribe to be on the email list, part of the newsletter. Subscribe to get a magazine as well, the Senior PGA Preview Edition coming out now. You can also head over to The73rdHole.com. Uh, you can get in touch with us there if you so choose. You can also listen to latest episodes uh, and more at the 73rd Hole. And find us on social media. Search 73rd Hole Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, where you can find all of our best content throughout the week. Gentlemen, the best content uh, that Lydia Coe has had to offer in several years took place in Hawaii this week at the Lotte Championship, where she goes 72 holes. She makes one bogey in the first round on a par four. She does not make a bogey the rest of the tournament. One bogey, uh, and let's see, she would have had... How many birdies? 29 birdies to one bogey for the event. Lydia Ko, for the first time in about three and a half years, wins going away on the LPGA Tour. 28 under par. There were four players tied for second, Say Young Kim, Nelly Korda, Leona McGuire, and NB Park. A seven-shot win is a hell of a way to announce that you're back, uh, and I think that women's golf is better for it. I had forgotten really until this weekend going back and reading how dominant Lydia Ko was at such a young age. Still the youngest player ever uh, on the male or female side of golf to reach number one in the world. She was number one in the world as a 17-year-old on the LPGA Tour, and it is good for the game of golf to have her back. She's been gone for so long, I think we forget how young she is. She's 23 years old. She's still younger than people like Colin Morikawa on the PGA Tour. And this is, I I forget, I don't have in front of me, like her 17th LPGA win, maybe? 19th, something like that. It's unbelievable how dominant she was, and it's good for her to be back in the winner's circle. Yeah, it always cracks me up when guys will be like, oh, I wish I was a girl. I could have been on the LPGA, you know? Yeah, Yeah, 28 under. I'd love to see you do that from the edge of the green. You know, I mean... My goodness, 28, the yeah, green. 28 under, 67, 63, 65, 65, win by seven over MB Park. $300,000 check. That's The LPGA, it, their purses are getting back up there uh, in recent years. I, I tell you what, Mike Wan has been the head of the LPGA for a while. He's going to be becoming the head of the USGA this summer. He's done a phenomenal job growing the LPGA, getting more sponsors, higher purses, and I think we've seen the growth of the women's game as a result. Yeah, and, you know, I got it right here. You know, Lydia Ko, like you said, she's 20, 23 years old, already has two major championships and was obviously number one in the world for however long and has, uh, I believe that was her 16th LPGA Tour win. That's not including some of the other, you know, like the Ladies European Tour, that kind of thing. Um, So she had all that stuff by the time she was 20. Number yeah. one in the world, two major championships, all of it before she hit this drought. You know, this is what I'm going to say, guys. You know, I go I go here and I, I look at the leaderboard and and I'm sorry that it, it just all keeps bringing me back, but it's just so irritating. The course was a 72 par course and the yards was about 6,400 yards. And minus 14 got you T27. Can we not play the course a little longer than 6,400 yards? <laughs> Are we not starting to learn that these women can bomb the hell out of it? They hit it further than we do. They could probably yeah. play it what, at 6,800. Why, why, why are we playing court, the course so short? We talk about dialing it back because of the integrity of the course, and we're having these ladies play a 6,400-yard course that we know could play longer than that, and you can go out and shoot uh, 10 under to get you T48. Nice. I mean, if you don't get to double digits under par, you're outside the top 50. So, um, 
I got the opposite of dial it back for the women. Push them back. Push the tees back. <laughs> Tee it back. They, they do hit it a mile. I'm telling you, they they hit it a long ways. I, I think that just your common, you know, every so often we'll see a debate on social media where some five handicap will be on there talking about how he could beat uh, a women's player from the women's tees on the LPGA. And I think that that is just a total misunderstanding of, A, how elite these women are, and, B, how far they hit the golf ball. I mean, there are a lot of of women out here who are steady pushing it out 280, 290 on the team. And 95% of golfers think they're a lot better than they are, too. You're right. You're absolutely right. And clearly, you know, it's not just how far they hit it. They're short games to shoot 28 under. That's why I said put some five five handicap 100 yards out for 72 holes. They'd be hard-pressed to, to shoot 28 to shoot under. 28 under. No, you're right. You, you could put them from 15 feet, and they're going to make more than one bogey over 72 holes. Yeah. Not more than one three-putt. Yeah. yeah. No, you're right. You're right. It's just it, it's insane how so good they are. Is and Lydia Ko and Jordan Spieth comparison? Kind of. I, I think it definitely is. She no. even talked about in her post-tournament uh, interview, she talked about the fact that having Jordan Spieth and Hideki win the past two years, and they were both in droughts that were very similar past two weeks. in past time. Two weeks. Past two weeks, sorry. Yeah. It, they, were, they were both droughts that were very similar in length of time to the one that she was going through, and she said that it did motivate her a little bit and kind of gave her the confidence to know, okay, I'm not the only one who goes through this. This is a part of golf. I worked my way back. My game feels good. Let's go win a tournament. And she did it, and she did it in fashion, winning by seven. You just you don't see that any day on any tour. Yeah, yep. and here's here's one thing to mention, guys. You know, just just kind of a side note to, to Lydia Ko is that well, one thing I'll mention too is that she started to get too technical with her swing is kind of why it started to go down in my opinion. But you know, we just brought up all the wins and majors she has. One thing it says right here, guys, she was the silver medal winner back in, in Rio in twenty sixteen. Wow. But but that gets so undershadowed. So that kind of goes back to the point of would you rather win a major or a gold medal gold medal? People are asking about <laughs> a it. Major. No no one's even talking about the silver medal. No not one can, no one no one cares. A major. I mean no no not, one, none wrong silver. I, I mean I, let me rephrase, not no one cares. It's a big deal, but right. in comparison, anyone who says that it's the same as a major, give me a break. Right. Up. Like you'd rather have you'd rather have the Olympic gold than have the Safeway open. But you'd rather have a major championship trophy than have the Olympic gold. The Olympic gold. gold doesn't get you in the Masters. No, I know. I still think I'd rather have an Olympic gold than a Safeway. I don't know. I think at the end I of my career. I think a win on tour. I think a win on. Well, I mean, if you're playing in the Olympics, you're probably not yeah. worried about it anyway. I think at the end of my career, uh, unless you play, yeah, unless you're because, from like Fiji or well, something. Well, well, that's what I'm saying. Every country gets two golfers. And so, I mean, so go out there how, and how have a great round. Let's say in the context of like what we had in 2016, where it was Justin Rose and Henrik Stenson, like either one of those guys were both major champions. Those guys, I think, would have rather had the gold medal than just a run of the mill tour event. Yeah, now, I agree. Now, now, if it's some guy who needs his first tour win, like if, if you're asking me if Harold Varner the third would rather have a tour win or the Olympic gold, he'd probably choose a tour win because yeah. that would just solidify his career. But someone with an already solidified career, I think, would rather have a gold medal than a run of the mill tour win, but would much rather have a major than a gold medal. Well, and you know, like we mentioned, um, you know, Kucher finished third there. Kucher's the one of those three who doesn't have a major championship. Would Kucher? Of trade, would Kucher trade his bronze medal for a gold medal, and or would he rather have a major? You know, at at the the answer's clear. And, and I didn't, I didn't want to get too far down the rabbit hole there. I was just scrolling on on her wins, and I saw the silver medal, and with the Olympics coming up, and I keep seeing all this stuff about how important a gold medal is compared to majors. And yes, a gold medal is important, but in comparison to majors, just yeah, down. So, well, and I just want to say about Lydia Ko. You know, whenever she first came on, she's number one in the world at seventeen. She had two majors by the time she was twenty. I mean, she was being heralded 
as the potential kind of next Annika, the next great in the in the game of women's golf. And, you know, you don't want to put all those expectations on her after a three-and-a-half-year drought, but clearly she has the talent. And when she puts it all together, she's the best player in the women's game. We've seen it uh, from her for the better part of seven years now. I mean, golf is hard. She's, she's got a still lot of pressure a, going forward. She's still forward. a kid, too. She's 23. Yeah. I, I think, mean, to me, that's... To, to me, yes, getting technical with her swing, I think, is the golf reason that she went into the drought. But I think the life reason that she went in the drought is because she had so much success at such a young age. And that is, it, it can just be, I think, incredibly overwhelming for and a imagine kid to deal with how much life stuff happens between 16 and yeah. 23. And she, she didn't live a normal life. No. I mean, as a kid, she was, most people would be a junior in high school. She was the number one player in the world. That's <laughs> a lot on yeah. her shoulders. No, yeah. there's, there's a reason 80 plus percent of, you know, junior um, actors who are stars or actresses, right. you know, fall apart and have horrible, you know, have unfortunately have really miserable adult lives. And, yeah. you know, obviously that's kind of a, a different extreme, but goes to show when you're really young and you have success, it can be, it can be a hard climb to be able to, to keep it going because cause like you said, the expectations and a lot of times it goes on what's inside of your household. Yeah, absolutely yeah. it does. So and Lydia then, Ko seems incredibly mature now. Her interviews were awesome. Her golf was awesome. Glad to have her back in the winter. Circle. Yeah. And, and then obviously transitioning from the LPGA to the Corn Ferry. While we're talking about resurgences. While we're talking about resurgences, we have Peter Uline. Go Pokes. Go Pokes. Let's go. A little four-shot victory uh, in the MGM. Over uh, David Lipsky yep, and Jamie Lovemark. Yep, Jamie Lovemark. That's another good tournament. A good guy, you know. And then Taylor Moore, obviously, in fourth. And uh, another guy I've played some golf with, Braden Thornberry. Yeah, so. Brayden Thornberry, shout out to Taylor Moore, friend of the show. How about Aaron Badley finishing yeah. fifth? Yeah, Aaron Badley, there's a blast from the past, no doubt about it. So, man, it's just, to me, it's awesome to see Peter Uline up there. Obviously, he was number one ranked amateur in the world when he was in Oklahoma State, and then, and, played in the Masters, and then kind of just, it, it never all came together. But it's not over until it's over in golf. you got a long time to make a career, and this will go a long way for Peter Uline. Yep, Absolutely, and then as, as far as the OU side of it goes, Max McGreevy with a 69 on the final day. Nice to uh, jump up 15 spots into the top 20, tied for 17th. That goes a long way uh, for him trying to finish in that top 25 uh, on the uh, season. Yeah. You know, so yeah. and then yeah. Davis Max Riley been, tied with him. At Max T-17. has been remarkably consistent. Absolutely. Remarkably consistent. Yeah. So yeah, he'll he'll be a tour player in the very near future. Yeah, and, and so and so a uh, friend of the show Taylor Moore as yes. well. I mean, let me read off these recent finishes here for, for Taylor. He's gone um, fourth this last tournament, twenty second um, before that, and then sixth before that. So I mean, this our, our boy's starting to play some really good golf, and I really couldn't be happier for him. No great stuff's coming. Um, some also local guys. Um, don't know you, you mentioned Max finished seventeenth. Yep. Uh, Josh Curl finished t twenty eighth. Nice um, final round. That was that he that jumped him up twenty one spots. Yeah, uh, in the final round to finish. T twenty eight. That's a big. I mean, that's a big change in money and uh, in spots and status. Yes, it is. Yeah, McGreevy, Creel, and Kevin Doherty from OSU. They all shot three under in that uh, last. How about round Peter Uline goes from seventy three to twenty three in the season long race? Wow. Top twenty five get their card. Very, very, very important. Very important. And also, just want to shout out the other um, guys who made the cut. Local guys, uh, Tyrone Van Asseweken from who played at OSU. Or I'm sorry, OCU. OCU, yeah. OCU finished minus three. Grant Hurstman, OSU boy. Um, OU or OU, OU boy. OU boy guys. I keep misspeaking here. Um, finished, uh, um, made the cut, finished 52nd. And then also, um, 
Oklahoma Christian graduate um, friend of the show, Rian Gibson, made the cut, didn't have his best weekend, but made him a check and getting him some points up there towards the T-Dub, you like, had those. Uh, the, I just thought this was interesting, talking about the LPGA versus the Corn Ferry yeah, Tour. Ju- just real quick, one last note. Taylor Moore, friend of the show, jumps from 56 to 44 in the standings. So we've seen Taylor Moore, who didn't get off that great of a start. He's steadily chipping away, and there's a lot of season left. It'd be great to see Uline, McGreevy, uh, Taylor Moore. It'd be great to see all these guys work their way into the so top where, 25. So where's Max and Taylor? Taylor and Peter. Uh, so Peter's so, so at 23. Peter's, Peter Uline's at 23. Taylor Moore's at 44 on the Corn Ferry. And Max McGreevy uh, is at 11. Moved from 12 to 11 with a, just another like said, steady that, finish. That T17, if he keeps having finishes like that, he will be on the tour a- next anybody, year. Anybody know who number one is? Number one? Um, Top of your head? Oh, uh, Steven Yeager? Nope, not even close. No, not even close. Steven Yeager's two. Mm. Oh. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I'm it's not Will sure. Zalatoris. Oh, it was it? a trick oh. question. Okay. It was a trick question. It is Will Zalatoris. Uh, has a four-point lead over Steven Yeager, and then you have to drop down 180 points to get to third. So those two are well clear of the field. Yeah. yeah. So you, you were wanting to bring up the person. You know, so I got the... Uh, so obviously I, Lydia Ko, you know, with her win at the Lotte Championship. Lotte Championship, right? a non-major LPGA yeah. event. She she won $300,000. Second place actually drops down. They tied for second. MB Park and uh, Say Young Korda. Kim. Say Young Kim. Yeah, and, uh, our, oh, yeah. Sorry. Four-way tie. Say they Young all, Kim, Nelly Corda, Leona McGuire, and MB Park. So they all got one hundred and twenty-five grand, and then tied for six was fifty-four grand. And so, like, what would the what would the purse be on the Corn Ferry? Yeah. So for Corn Ferry, uh, Peter Uline winning got one hundred eight thousand. Um, two guys, Lipsky and Lovemark, tied fourth, get forty-five thousand. Um, Taylor Moore solo fourth got him twenty-seven thousand. So you go down, look at comparison sakes. I mean, how many how many ladies finished at T six? Sam, I see I see it right here. Uh, Four. You had four of them, and they made um, almost 50, uh, essentially grand. fifty, essentially fifty-five k, and that's more than the uh, two a two-way tied second at a corn ferry event. That's, I mean, obviously this, like you said, this isn't an LPGA major, and this isn't a corn ferry big event. So it's a nice comparison sake to show that you know, obviously what Mike Wan did for the LPGA getting some of these events going up too, but also too, I mean, if. And also, you know, just the market for this corn fair. I mean, these guys play just phenomenal golf. And I just feel like if they can get the same attention that maybe this LPGA has gotten and get and can get some of those purses a little bit bigger, which, you know, for anyone, Sam, you know this just as well as anyone, you know, trying to get out there and play, more than likely you're not on your own dime. You're going to be having some sponsors that you have to give back and all that. So for these guys who can get – just even more money in their pocket to help them finance and get their career going would even be better. So I really hope for that because I think it just could make golf even better. I just better. thought it was interesting because I thought the Corn Ferry purses would be bigger than the LPGA just off the top of my head, but clearly they are not. Yeah, and I'm, I mean, to me, that's, big. to me, that's a testament to what Mike Wan did as his time as, as the, the CEO of the LPGA Tour. Mike Wan was phenomenal. Uh, Listen to some interviews with him. I'm, I'm really looking forward to him taking over the, the USGA. Yeah. I think he's going to do a great job. Uh, gentlemen, the uh, OSU. College circuit yeah. this week. OSU. The Oklahoma State uh, Cowboys. Head over to GolfOklahoma.org, by the way. That's where I went. Yeah. I, I want to find out what happened with Oklahoma State this weekend. I go to GolfOklahoma.org, and I click on Cowboys. Finished third in Thunderbird Collegiate. Eckroat, one shot back of medalist. Sam, break it down for us. Uh, Austin Eckroat uh, finished tied for fourth. Uh, o- Oklahoma State finished third behind TCU and Arizona State. Uh, that's a good tournament for, for OSU. Uh, <clears throat> you know, they only they, finished five shots out of first. They only finished five though, shots out of one first. Shot one out shot out of, out of second. Uh, and and the, obviously Arizona State is playing in Arizona, so there's a little bit of an advantage there. TCU won the tournament though, which was a little surprising to me. 
You just don't you don't hear as much about TCU. Not that they don't have a good program, but I was yeah. a little surprised to see you know Arizona State and Oklahoma State at two three, and who bested them? It was the Horn Frogs. Right, and Texas Tech finished fourth. They have a really good program. They as do, well. yeah. And I mean, it just really helps when you have four guys, you know, finishing the top fifteen. They're five guys, yeah. you know, finished fifty first. So like that proves that four guys, you know, make a golf team. That's you the Chickasha special right yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. our, our senior yeah. year at Chickasha, we had four guys on our golf team. We were state runner up. And then I'll give a shout out to uh, I'm going to say Ludwig. Aberg is the guy that won. Nailed it. Uh, Ludwig Aberg. Ludwig? Ludwig Aberg. Ludwig. Of, of Texas Tech. I don't know. Is uh, it Nowitzki or Nowitzki? Nobody knows. With three straight 67s, that's a that's a tie for first. Who did he, let's see, who was in that playoff? It was Utah's Blake Tomlinson uh, with a 65, 66, and a 70. And then New Mexico's Albert Bonetta uh, also tied for first. So I think, wait. All right, so who won this playoff, actually? Let's see here. For the well, individuals? Well, you got that. Yeah, it should have been a three-way It was Albert Boneta of New Mexico that actually won the playoff uh, in, in that uh, in that playoff. So, Akro oh. missed the playoff by one, but that should help him in PGA Tour U. Yeah, I was about yeah. to say, I have that pulled up right here. It says updated as of Sunday, April 18th, so that would have been after this tournament. Um, Eckroat still in fifth, has about a 60, about a 56-point lead. 56 oh. now. It was seven. But yeah, so yeah. so yeah, he's gained yep. some ground here over uh, Southern Methodist, Southern Methodist McClure Mes- Meissner Meissner yeah McClure and, Meissner and our, our boy friend of the show Quade Cummings moved has been keep moving up. He's up to eighth now. He was very down nice. to what was he in twelfth? Yeah. And then twelfth is as low as he got. I think he's been as high as sixth. It's going to be very interesting. You have Ekro Quade Reband. Uh, Chikara, a bunch of good players that are uh-huh. playing in this Big 12 championship. Obviously, TCU's uh, hot right now. Uh, and so this Big 12 championship is going to be massive for PGA Tour U and obviously uh, for teams like a TCU or someone like that to try to get into regionals and stuff like that. Well, we mentioned that, uh, you know, Ekro now has about a 56-point lead over six. Here's to put it into perspective. Reband at two and Ekroat at five, there is a 24-point difference between them. So there wow. is there is a bigger difference between Ekroat at five and six as opposed to two and five. So yeah, there's going to be insane. there's going to be some volatility. Go- so, so there's some show, big tournaments left the, to be played. The Big Obviously, 12 the tournament's going to be – well, I mean, I don't think the Big 12 tournament's actually going to be that highly rate, rated as far as PGA Tour U goes. But – Here's the caveat to that is you have Quaid, Ekro, and Reband all yeah. playing against each other. Yeah. So that's literally like a little three-man tournament. Yeah. yeah. You know? and, and, and I mean, head Big, head Big 12's got a lot of good schools, but the, your point is made because it'll be a smaller field because uh, isn't there one Big 12 school that doesn't have uh, yeah, college golf? It's, uh, is it West Virginia? West Virginia. Do they now? They, they might have it now. Might. I think there's only I think there's one school that does. Iowa remember. State does Iowa State have golf? Iowa State definitely has golf. Okay. They're very good. Texas does Texas? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I just like to make fun of Texas. Yeah. yeah so oh, really, and then, so, really and then Cole Hammer. Cole Hammer is uh, it plays for Texas too. So I mean, man, I mean, uh, it, it's going to be interesting. Uh, and, and then obviously, like I said, for a team like TCU to win the Big 12s would be massive for them for regionals. Yeah, so. it would be absolutely huge. So, a uh, lot of good stuff this week in the game of golf. I know that uh, Amon Gupta was probably a little disappointed with his second and third rounds. He had the low round of, of the tournament in day one, shot a 63, backs that up with two 73s, so doesn't end up finishing uh, as a medalist, finished about seven or eight shots back of the lead, I believe. So, another good week, though, for Oklahoma State as they work toward regionals. And OU 
OU not playing between their last tournament and Big 12. So if you're wondering, where are the OU updates? Well, you just, they haven't been playing lately. So yeah. uh, taking a couple weeks off before Big 12s. But looking forward to all that as it heads our way. Did we miss anything today, gentlemen? I think we got it covered. Uh, the, anything? I'll, I'll shout out a couple a uh, couple of uh, young individuals out on the OJGT this past weekend. guy that you'd mentioned before won AJGA. Bryant Pohill won at, um, I believe it was, it was Lincoln. Yeah, Lincoln East. Yep, that's well, where they played. Well, he's been on fire. Yeah, shot minus six. And, uh, you know, shout out to him and Ryder Callen are on the same high school team. That's a nice dynamic duo to have there. Nice one-two punch builder. And on the women's side, uh, Olivia Coit, who I've been seeing her name a lot out of Edmond. When you go, another Edmond name, Sam. Man, there's just the breeding ground for golfers, let me tell you. <laughs> and uh, she won by four, shooting uh, plus six. So, um, you know, pretty good playing from, from these young individuals. And the, the junior state of Oklahoma golf is just some of the maybe the best it's ever been. And then uh, one more shout-out to my alma mater. Uh, the Tulsa women are, are in second place behind UCF uh, and uh, actually ahead of Houston, who has Karen Fredgard, who we saw, you know, at the uh, ANWA. Yeah. Uh, but uh, – after the first round, Tulsa had two girls tied for first: Lorena Zhang and uh, and Taylor Dobson. Uh, so they were they both shot seventy two yesterday, and they are playing at the American Women's Golf Championship at Pinehurst Number Six. Oh, fantastic! Uh, and so, how many Tulsa, courses does Pinehurst have on that property? Is it nine? I think it's twelve. Twelve. I don't know. Just kind of curious now. As you nine, said sa- nine sounded good, I, I, but I do. I think it may be eleven. But yeah, you may be right. Same. With I don't know. I'm How many not courses positive. does Pinehurst have? Nine. Nine. Pinehurst okay. has nine golf courses. There the best go. known course number two opened in 1907, designed by Donald Ross. It has hosted several major I know tournaments. That. Speaking of Donald Ross, the Walker Cup is a mere three weeks away yep. down at Seminole Golf Club in Florida, which is another thing that Eckroat and Quade Cummins are, are going to be preparing themselves for. Yeah, they've got yeah. so much golf. They got in the so month of much May. stuff going on in May. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah. And then obviously with regionals and then nationals goes into June. But I mean, still, it's it's going to be a grind for them uh, coming up here but yeah obviously shout out to the Tulsa women I, I'm trying to see here they have their second round uh, just started um, and so Tulsa yeah they're still in second uh, uh, after the just the beginning of the second round um, obviously the Tulsa women the only team that I can you know little root for from Tulsa so uh, so I, I can't root for a men's team so yep. unfortunately that is an absolute shame gentlemen good stuff we will be back tomorrow previewing the Zurich this week which will be some fun we might even tell some tales from some of our favorite two-man events that we've played over the years <laughs> no, we've Lord. all been in the two-man events this is basically just a uh, a big old drinking oil filled tournament except it's on the pga tour so we'll get into all that <laughs> and much more tomorrow everybody head over to GolfOklahoma.org. check out the uh the preview get subscribed so you can check out the preview edition of the magazine for the 2021 KitchenAid senior pga championship thanks everyone for listening once again, to the 73rd hole.